The Cloudcast is sponsored by Intel Cloud for All, driving the creation of tens of thousands of clouds. Cloudcast Media presents from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina. This is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delb and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome back to the Cloudcast. Uh, welcome 2016 to everybody. Uh, excited to be back for New Year, our uh, fifth year of podcasting. Uh, just me tonight. Aaron is back on the road trying to uh, solidify the Solid Fire NetApp acquisition, so uh, he should be back next week. Um, first off, folks, uh, again, I want to thank you for uh, five great years. Uh, excited about what we're, what we're moving into here in 2016. I uh, want to thank everybody who's made uh, donations to the Krispy Kreme Challenge uh, about a month out from that one. Uh, pretty excited about that every year, our chance to, to give back to the North Carolina Children's Hospital. Uh, and last thing before we uh, finish up some housekeeping, I uh, want to uh, apologize to everybody. I know people have given us some feedback. The last couple of shows have had a uh, little bit of audio issues. Um, they're, they're known issues. We've got them fixed. They should be all good for this show. But uh, thank you, as always, for the feedback. So uh, with that, uh, we're going to bring back a, a good friend of the show, uh, a frequent guest of the show, uh, Alex Polvey, uh, founder and CEO of uh, CoreOS Linux. Uh, welcome back to the show, Alex. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me again. Uh, you know, it's it's interesting. We, I think we've probably had CoreOS on various people. You know, you've been on a couple of times. Brandon's been on. Uh, we had um, Brian Harrington, uh, folks know him as Redbeard, about six months ago. And I think what we find with, especially with CoreOS, uh, is you guys are changing so much. You know, most of our guests, uh, you know, once a year, once every nine, ten months, you know, if they're doing updates, it's cool. You guys are changing so fast. Um, how are things going at CoreOS? It's been six months, and it feels like it's been a very long time since we talked to you guys. Yeah, in, in startup time, six months. Wow, it's uh, <laughs> that was ages ago. Right. Uh, it's so funny, you know, when we're working here and talking about, wow, that happened four months ago. That feels like forever. Um, but but yeah, it's been um, it's been definitely busy. Um, yesterday, I did a little. Uh, calculation to figure out how what we what we got done in um, on our open source front, and in 2015 we shipped 247 releases, and so that's that's you know shipping about one one a release every day and a half, even through the weekends um, for the entire year of 2015. Um, so it's been a busy <laughs> busy uh, busy year, um, and uh, and it, you know everything's been been going pretty well, but we still have a ton of work to do. Right, right. Let, let, let's talk about that real quick before we, we jump into a bunch of the CoreOS stuff. Um, I saw you sent that tweet out, um, and you know by itself I sort of went, okay, that, that's cool. It's a good metric. And then I've seen, I don't know, maybe a half dozen companies who have sent out a similar kind of uh, you know tweet that said, hey, this is the number of releases we did for the year. Um, it's the first time I've seen people actively putting that out there as, a, as an end-of-year metric. Is it, is it something that... Uh, you know, is just a way for you guys to measure innovation, or is it something that's consciously being talked about now within the valley or, or within um, you know software companies? Oh, I, I thought it was a novel metric and kind okay. of neat. But I'd love to see how we stacked up against whoever else was tweeting. <laughs> yeah, I'll, uh, I'll I'll post a few of them. I know uh, I think one somebody put, I think the guys from Threat Stack put out about eleven thousand. But again. Uh, you know, me- oh. metrics can be funny that way because uh, you guys might be doing full releases and they might be doing small patches and bug fixes. But uh, it was interesting to me that that people are putting releases out as a as a metric for the year. But um, yeah. So so let's talk about uh, where you guys are. Like I said, it's been about six months. Um, last time we talked to Redbeard, we were talking a lot about security. Um, 
Tectonic uh, is GA now. A lot of stuff going on with Kubernetes. Uh, you guys released Project Claire. Give give folks a sense of what's the evolution been like. You know, even the last three or four months of of where you guys are going. You know, from a solutions perspective, from a expanding security perspective, all those types of things. Sure. So let's see. Six months ago, we would have been in late June, or I guess July, early July, um, if my math is right, and um, that that put us right around the Kubernetes 1.0 release. Um, you know, we we bet on Kubernetes um, probably last March or so. We went pretty all in on it, um, and you know, we're feeling more and more confident in that bet. Um, that was something that was a little bit nebulous and a little bit. Um, tricky for us to do internally because you know we had similar projects such as Fleet that we had built ourselves, um, but we took a step back and said, "Hey, you know, we should invest. Um, you know, we should invest where where we think the the momentum is." And, and betting on Kubernetes is a little bit nebulous at the time, but at this point, I think um, you know we're confident that that Kubernetes is emerging, you know, the kind of category leader in this container management infrastructure right. um, space, and continues to only uptick in in velocity and adoption and so on. So to be able to um, you know participate in that community as well as to be one of the the early companies um, helping commercialize that technology um, you know we're pretty happy with where we put our chips Um, and so since then you know we've GA Tectonic um, and kind of you know our whole belief is that this style of infrastructure this thing you know this the style that's Google's infrastructure for everyone else, you know, container-based, dynamically managed, standard hardware, that this unlocks a set of capabilities um, that is will be extremely attractive to companies um, for a variety of reasons, but, you know, our own selfish interest in it is around dramatically improving the security of companies' infrastructure. Um, and we're just starting to see the, the fruits of that. And an example of it was at the Tectonic Summit, which was in... Um, guess that would have been late November or December and feels like forever ago as well. That was just in December. Um, you know, we shipped the, a new capability called distributed trusted computing, which has really never been done before on server infrastructure, but is enabled um, enabled because of, of this way, uh, this model uh, that's possible. And it's that type of thing that we're starting to really just see now that all the, the pieces are in place. We really have the, the end-to-end um, story in place now. Yeah. And, and how do you you guys talk all the time about we have this goal of, of making the internet more secure. Um, you're, you're shipping things. I know we've talked in the past about kind of up and down the stack the things you do. Do you have any any way to kind of quantify that or or, or you know measure whether you're moving towards that goal? That's that's not just hey we we did projects, but I mean do you get do you get feedback from customers that that say hey look when we when we run our tests or you know, the number of patches we deal, you know, like any way that they sort of feel like, you know, it is more secure or they, they can measurably, you know, show where their investment's going towards better security. Yeah, that's a great question. You know, our, our approach has been like this, this, this Giphy this Google's infrastructure for everyone else is, is the approach that will help make things more secure. But before we can even get to that, we have to make the the Giphy possible. Right. <laughs> and and so really over the past two and a half years, we've been building all these different components to just make running this way of infrastructure even, even impossible at all. And, you know, in that amount of time, um, you know, it's like a market creation phase, you know, before this, um, you know, the, you know, two and a half years ago, nobody was even talking about um, this way of, of, of managing infrastructure. Um, and now it's, it's kind of clearly the, the way of the future. Right. And so, we're, I think we're transitioning more into that, and with that transition, now that there's like a market created, 
you know, we'll start being able to show how that the market is growing and changing things. You know, some of the metrics that we've we put out is just lines in the sand or things, you know, like with, with Claire, our our container vulnerability scanning project, you know, we found that like over eighty percent of the containers on our registry quay had um, vulnerabilities, like bad ones, like Heartbleed was still, I think, in over eighty percent of them. Right. And just that level of visibility, you know, it's like, okay, we opened up the visibility for the first time. That doesn't mean containers are any less um, or more susceptible to vulnerabilities. It just means that we actually have tools that now give us visibility into that for the first time. And now that we can see that, we can start to track those those sorts of things. So again, our whole hypothesis is that this style of infrastructure enables um, us to move security forward. Where we're at in the life cycle of all this is this way of running infrastructure is now possible when it previously wasn't. And now we can get to work actually like let you know essentially exploiting it to to make things better. Right. Right. Well, and I, and I like the fact that I know we we started the year like you said uh, started last year. It felt like uh, a lot of discussion about you know container formats and and you know there were some things that went on there. Obviously, those things have kind of gotten worked out with uh, some of the open container initiatives. But it felt like the second half of the year was very focused on security. There was a lot of people that were talking about it. There were like you talked about, there were platforms that were being expanded. There was technology that was being built. So I. I from the perspective of you guys making bets, you talked about betting on Kubernetes. That's turning out to be a very good bet. Uh, you made an early, early bet to focus on security. It feels like that's becoming coming to the forefront, especially around containers, um, as opposed to sort of it being this nagging thing of going, well, you know, they haven't figured it out yet. They're going to have to keep running in, in VMs, or I don't know if it's you know it's it's got user namespace issues. I mean, it feels like you guys really kind of tackled that head on, and and um, you know, I get the sense people are. They like that, and they can feel much more comfortable that, like you said, the visibility is there, the tools are there. Um, they're becoming very native to the overall environment. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, a little over a year ago when we released Rocket, I think we really opened the discussion on container security in a pretty big way. And, you know, if your goal is to secure the Internet, the best way to to get it to happen quickly is to have a bunch of different companies competing on security. Right. I mean, the net result of that is going to be better security at the end. So, you know, I think I think we will win it and I think we will continue to have the most kind of secure and production ready products out there. Um but at the end of the day, our goals are still accomplished if all the other vendors are making stuff better, too. Right. Um, and that, that's, that's what we've seen happen. And, you know, I, I kind of you know, give the, the team some praise in that, like, look, at the end, of the, I will give the team some credit for starting this discussion around security a little over a year ago. And it was 2015, the like biggest kind of subject within containers. And it's bigger than just us at this point. But I do think that uh, the work that we've been doing has, has been driving the discussion, which in turn will create a more, a more secure infrastructure environment for all companies, regardless if the products are created by us. Right. Right. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, let's, let's shift gears a little bit. So, uh, we talked about Tectonic a number of months ago back when it was kind of announced. It's now GA. Um, it's essentially, like you said, it's it's a way to get a um, you know completely commercial version of, of Giphy uh, hardware and software all together, kind of ready to run. Um, how has that changed uh, the way that, that you guys engage with the market? Because you know, for a long time, CoreOS. I mean, you guys had a way to deliver Linux. You had a way to deliver updates that way. So there was, you know, there was product-centric ways and, and operations involved. But now you're talking about a lot more, right? You're talking to, to a broader set of a customer's team. It's a probably a much more robust solution. Like, how has that changed? You know, how you guys go to market? How customers talk to you? Is it is it 
radically changing CoreOS, or is it just really the next logical step? Um, you know, it, it's there's definitely some changes that happen because when you're in you're in market creation phase, it is definitely a kind of you invent you you envision the future and you invent things that enable it, and then you are now there. Um, you know, I think to, to go to like cars versus horse and carriage sort of thing, what's happened is let's say we pre containers and distributed systems and everything, we were like at the horse and carriage place and we we're like, all right, we, we think that cars are a possible thing because we've, we've seen, you know, a couple around. Um, and so let's start building engines and start building windows and start building antennas and all that stuff to make it possible um, and, and take other people's tires and other people's rims, like, you know, all the stuff, like all the pieces you would need, let's. Let's make sure they're in the market so the possibility of building a car is possible. And then, okay, now we're at a place where all the different pieces are in place. Let's actually assemble cars and sell those to people too right. while also building antennas and windshields and engines <laughs> kind of on the side and, and selling those all a cart to customers as well. But, you know, in this analogy, the those components, the antennas and windshields are all the open source components that we are building and giving out. And the car is that package um, that you know, that, that we are selling to companies that don't want to be in the business of assembling it all together themselves. Um, and we see both of those things as required, um, required, you know, solutions to be in market in order to enable this style of infrastructure, which, you know, then in turn will enable our goals around security. Um, and so we're continuing to invest heavily in both. I mean, we have, you know, our open source projects in terms of like staffing and so on internally makes up the majority of our engineering team um and in the commercial product front we see that as a as a necessary you know a necessary um necessary product in order one for sustainability of our independent company but also um to help companies that don't have engineering teams to that know how to assemble these things together um to have to be able to, to get the the advantages of the style of infrastructure so i'd say that it has been a transition for sure um just as we go through um kind of this market creation and and um, adoption side of things, but it's also exactly what I think every startup really goes through in, in any form of, of growth is, you know, constant change. Right, right. Well, and I think it's, it's, a, it's a trend that we've been seeing, uh, you know, it, even in companies that are, that are still, from an IT perspective, dealing with legacy, you know, applications. I mean, we see companies like, like Nutanix who put together hardware and software. We've seen companies like VCE putting this together. And um, I, I think you hit on the one thing, which is the really critical piece of it. It's, um, you know, companies don't necessarily always have the time to, to get up to speed on what's completely new. They may not have all the staff to do it. And so, uh, you know, allowing your, your vendor partners or even the community to help you you know, on those things that are sort of non-differentiated, um, but they, they get you to that point where you're going to start, you know, using technology to solve business problems is a big deal. It's, uh, it is a valuable value add into the marketplace. Um, and it, it's good to see you guys are doing it in the space, which is for, you know, more modern applications, containers, distributed systems and so forth. Um, so as best I can tell, uh, and you guys, it was, it was great when, uh, the, the, Core West Fest uh, in New York uh, in December. Uh, you know, you're talking about customers. You were talking about so forth. It seems to me, at least from what I can tell, that's, that's public facing. Um, your, your customers tend to be kind of digital centric companies, um, customer facing types of applications. Is that essentially the the kind of the sweet spot profile, at least at this point, for uh, for Core OS customers? I mean, they're they're trying to be more leading edge in terms of the types of applications they're building a lot of its customer facing they're they're more digital types of companies 
Is that fair, or is that just the ones that right now are kind of out in the forefront? Um, I'd say it's kind of fair. What What's happening is every single category out there is seeing a explosion in demand of digital and web services. Even the traditional businesses that you might not think would have but just because of where we are in the like age of computing and every business has to rethink how how are they handling digital and web services you know even the most traditional businesses um and so because of that or i guess at the same time you have these hyperscale guys google facebook so on getting into the traditional businesses as well you have google getting into cars you have facebook getting into payments i mean you have kind of it going both ways um and so I think what we're seeing on a very macro perspective is uh, that every company is becoming a service provider of some form because of the explosion of digital and web and just really every category. Um, and, and at the same time, their competitors are, are now these, these brand new web services companies that are just, I mean, Amazon is getting into like every freaking category out there. Um, and so, you know, for, for these companies to compete, um, they're going to need the, the tool, their, their infrastructure and their data centers in the similar way that the, the web hyperscale guys have, because that is one of their huge operational advantages. That's why an Amazon and a, and a Google can run at such high efficiency. It's because of their infrastructure. It's, it's why they can deliver products at such a rapid pace because of their infrastructure. And so, yes, we are seeing it um, through web and digital, but it's it's in a bunch of traditional businesses as well. Now, the folks that are that are doing it in these businesses are typically the more avant-garde, uh, you know, areas uh, of these enterprises. But they they also, um, you know, they they also are the early adopters. So, you know, we are on a traditional technology adoption curve here. Um, but but you can still have early adopters within big companies. Yeah. Uh, so I guess to answer your question, yes, it, it is web and digital. But I would just argue that pretty much every category across the board has exploding demands in web and digital, which um, being an infrastructure business, it's like, you know, the cars are invented. Now everybody needs a bridge, <laughs> you know, right. to get across. So, um, I, you know, the... The driver for this new infrastructure is obviously new types of applications. Um, who, who typically comes to you? Who's the who's the buyer? Who's the decision maker? Is it is it the application teams um, that that are kind of realizing like you know the, the current infrastructure we might have in our business at an insurance company, a, an automotive company, a bank, or something isn't right? So we need to sort of help drive that decision making process, or or is it infrastructure teams, or is it these sort of blended, you know, DevOps types of infrastructure plus application teams? Is there a, is there a profile that sort of fits this, or you know, when they come to you, or is it is it kind of still all over, um, and it's just people that that know they have to solve a business problem? Yeah, the the place where we find on the commercial front where we find you know pretty quick traction is when there's a, a project underway you know with some sort of timeline around it, right? So um, it's you know in in that case you're either you know you're talking to you know some you know an infrastructure leader within a company or a, a DevOps type person uh, with a leader within the company or. Um, you know, you see these enterprise R&D groups pop up, too, um, that are following the trends and trying to figure out what to do next um, and so on. So it's, you know, it's it's companies with newer projects that are are ready to kind of try the next thing out with with this this new way of doing it. And remember, our ask is pretty big. We're saying you 
you have a whole new platform and a whole new way of running your business and so on. And we know there's lots of benefits out there because we've seen these these hyperscale guys do it. But the way you're doing business today and the way you'll be doing business after this is going to be quite a bit different. So it's a you know it's a big ask um, for these guys, and and so you know it takes some time and and we're working through it with them. Um, we do have some products that are much more a la carte, like our our Quay Enterprise, our container registry product. You know that's companies just go click sign up and download and pay us and we never talk to them you know um and and that that um you know that's much more easily bite-sized consumable um and in that case you know the users are all all over the place you know whoever has a credit card that can expense a couple hundred bucks a month sort of thing right right and, and how much how much do they come to you with a technology discussion versus how much do they come to you and they say you're a you know you're you're a community contributor you're a technology provider but you guys are also essentially a service provider right you you, you, know, you run linux for people you update linux for people you know you talked about companies are becoming service providers like how much of that drives the conversation where people go like i, I want to learn from your operational experience i want to learn from kind of the, the best practices that you have is that part of a regular conversation you have with with end customers definitely i in any category you know companies need help figuring it all out um i think a similar one a few years ago was like big data or even cloud itself you know there's kind of this creation phase where people know they need to have some sort of strategy and they're trying to figure it all out and so we're definitely running into a lot of that and you know folks come to us because of their reputation around security and production and good quality software and so on so fortunately um you know we we We've, we've done very well in terms of, um, you know, folks showing up to, to check things out and figure out how to work together. Um, and, you know, we continue to build and, and foster those relationships with folks as, as they go through their own journey to, to understand this. Right, right. Now, you're, uh, you're a young guy, but you've, you've, this is your second startup or third startup. You, you know, you had sold a company to Rackspace. You've been a CEO before. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of talk about sort of frothiness in the market. Um, you know, there's uh, you know lots of talk about unicorns, and um, you know there was a little bit of, of uh, you know the marketplace changed in terms of like financing, so interest rates went up a little bit at the end of the year. Um, are you guys hearing anything from your venture capitalists, from your you know your investors who are kind of anything? Are you seeing them sort of saying, hey? The market's changing at all, or the guidance that they're giving you, or some of your peers and colleagues that are that are startups, is that changing at all as, as you're moving into 2016, or you know, are they still going? Look, there is so much market change going on. You guys are, are well positioned. We're very comfortable with everything. Is um, you know, just kind of keep cranking along, and, and everything is sort of you know where it was before. Is it changing, or still the same, or just you know, you know, keep keep cranking along? Well, my view on it hasn't changed at all, which is up market or down market. If you're a good company, you can find the resources you need to, to build your company. Um, my first startup, we started in late 2008. So pretty much the bottom of, of all of this. I think maybe Q1 2009 was the bottom bottom. But that was right when I was trying to do my first fundraise ever. And um, first being a green entrepreneur and then two being at like the worst time from a financing perspective ever. You know, I... I kind of have seen both sides of it now. Um, and if let's just say tomorrow something horrible happens and it, it the market goes to complete, um, you know, 
that goes completely down the tubes. Um, the venture money doesn't dry up. It doesn't just go away. It just gets, it just gets more selective. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the funds are already raised. <laughs> They're done. Um, so they, the capital needs to be deployed. Um, it's just the, the investors get much more selective about what, what they do, which in turn, you know, lowers competition, um, for your deal, which in turn lowers valuations and kind of all of that sorts of stuff. But regardless, you know, a market or down market, good companies, will find the financing that they need to run. Um, and so from our perspective, we just operate, what does it take to be a good company and what do we need to do to be a big, good company and kind of forget about optimizations in the market. Um, you know, all that the, the frothy valuations do is give you some optimizations around dilution for the amount of capital that you're bringing in. Um, and, you know, a lot of it, too, could be detrimental to, um, you know, the downside case, the, the bad case is all on, on the team. Um, you know, so raising it too much, too high valuations too soon and so on, you know, the only the, the investors will get their money back because they have their preferences. Um, but it's all on the team, you know, when, when there's an outcome, um, you know, what does it look like? Uh, and so that, you know, I think that in a lot of ways for things to cool off would be great. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 you know, I plan to build a really great company. So it means like we will have an easier time hiring people and like have an easier time financing it and so on. If there's less, less frothiness out there. Right. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I think that the, the market from our perspective, I, you know, it'd be nice for it to cool off a little bit. Um, just so it's, you know, a little bit easier to operate, not going to lie. Um, but, but, uh, so rent prices would go down in San Francisco a little bit, but I'm not sure that's ever going to happen. Um, but, uh, but I do think, um, but yeah, I, I guess my, the, the fundamental belief here is just that up market, down market, frothy in the tubes. If, if you build a good company, you will find the capital required to operate that company. So let me wrap this up because uh, you obviously are, are busy. You got a company to run. Um, you guys have built a ton of stuff uh, in the last two and a half years. I mean, some some really massive undertakings. Um, you know, really defined a lot of, of what's going on in the marketplace, from you know tiny OSs to uh, you know the big bets around Kubernetes and scheduling, big bets around security. What's the what's the theme you're kind of pushing this year? Is it you know what what are you telling the team to be focused on? Even if it's the first quarter, first two quarters, and things are going fast, is it is it you know a lot more to build in the in the kind of the big picture you have in mind? Is it execution? What's the what's the theme for the first half of 2016 for CoreOS? Sure, the first and foremost is to continue to move the world of distributed systems and systems programming and security forward. Uh, that's something we've done a tremendously good job at over the past few years here, and. And we have no intentions to lose that or slow down. We think there are a few more areas of white space we can fill in. Um, it's getting pretty complete, but there's a couple big ones hanging um, that we, you know, we hope to tackle. Um, and so, um, move, you know, the infrastructure open source world, we have we have some work to do there, and some pretty exciting projects coming. Um, and then on the on the you know on the commercial business front, it's it's our time to really help help our customers be successful with an end to end story, and you know help them really feel and and achieve the benefits of this new wave run, running infrastructure that that we've helped create over the past few years. Um, and and so I'd say that those two areas are the, are the biggest. Um, and then we have you know we have plenty of customers already on the products that we've shipped today. You know. At, 
active paying folks on our Quay products, our support products, you know, our early tectonic customers. And, you know, we need to continue to, to help um, help them be successful and scale that out as well. So I guess to, to recap, it's continue to move the world of, you know, distributed systems, um, security systems programming forward in the, in the open source front and, and bring some new projects to market um, that, that fill in the last few spots of white space um, and then really just help our customers be successful, both our existing and our new ones. Very cool. Well, listen, uh, you know, I'm going to wrap it up with that. Um, any place uh, the first couple of months that folks can can run into you guys kind of out in the wild, um, you know, if they're not already using the products, they're not using it, but any place they might run into you guys face-to-face at events? Uh, we have FOSDEM coming up here shortly. Okay. Um, that should be a pretty big one over in Europe. Um, and, and uh, you know, we're at events all over the place. Any of the the kind of container and infrastructure events. We either have folks speaking or, or we'll have we'll have people there. Um, we have our Car OS Fest um, coming up here soon, and you should see some announcements on that uh, as well. Um, that was a pretty popular one last year, and so looking forward to kick that, kicking that off again this spring. Good. Excellent. Excellent. Well, listen, as always, uh, love to have you guys on. Thank you so much for the time today. Uh, great first show for 2016. And, uh, folks, um, thank you very much for listening, and have a great week. Thank you for listening to The Cloudcast. Please visit thecloudcast.net to find more shows, show notes, videos, and everything social media. 